Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. We're chatting about it all. We're chatting about every single thing. But before we get into everything, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe to us here at youtube.com slash attacking third. Get exclusive content. Preview, recaps, interviews, all right here on A3. Lisa, I miss you. Every time we get together on Tuesday, I'm like, it's been too long. I agree. I was just thinking about that as you were doing your intro. Not that I wasn't paying attention. I definitely was. But I was thinking about that we haven't gone live in a couple of days because we had a lot of interviews that we released over the last couple of days. And we usually pre-record those and then we have a good time with them. And I love our interviews. But it's not the same as jumping live on YouTube with you early in the morning, a couple times a week, even like reading our chat, like Barry's here, Beach Dog Scout's here, Josh is here, giving us shout outs in the chat. Um, and I love to hear that. love to read those. Lucy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lucy, it's, it's great to see you again. It's great to chat again. And that's what I was thinking about. Wow. It's been a really long time and there is so much that we have to talk about because there's a lot that has been happening. Um, Beach Dog Scout saying that he heard the schedule is being dropped <laughs> the same thing you heard right the nwsl schedule is dropping on wednesday february 8th um it's about time it's about um, time i need to make my plans for this year been a long long time coming look 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 i uh, i love the energy um we go live in the morning so we appreciate everyone hopping on and joining um you could, you know, you could be doing other things with your morning. I don't know, working or not working, but you're hanging out with us. Um, shout out to Lucy. I love, this is the energy. I love, I haven't seen you guys since the last time I saw you guys. Uh, that is the correct energy to carry. And yeah, we have heard something about a schedule finally dropping. Um, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to chat about that when, when it, when it does drop. Um, we'll have reactions for you all later this week. Uh, around the schedule. Uh, but, you know, we had the schedule framework uh, come into play. And so we kind of had some uh, ideas of some major mm -hmm. dates, right, key dates to sort of uh, take a look at. Uh, but uh, we're going to pivot a, a little bit. We're, we're not going to really kick off uh, the top of this 
this show here with NWSL. No, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to chat a little bit about women's super league, because I think at this point in women's super league, you have all these teams who have at least hit the halfway mark of their season. So you're looking at all of these clubs and they've got anywhere from, you know, 13 games played to, to, I think, I think Everton, unfortunately, is the one team, I think, with only 10 matches thus far. L- listen, and we've chatted about that before in the past. There's unfortunately been some uh, some instances where they've had to reschedule or cancel some games. But at this point, over the course of their their, their campaign, at, teams are hitting the, half, the halfway mark. So where are some of these teams sitting right now? ton of action coming out of this weekend. And I think we really need to start with, with Man City and, and Bunny Shaw, Lisa. Uh, we have to because this uh, Bunny Shaw is just freaking crushing it right now. So Man City is uh, climbing the table right there. They're looking to keep getting in that top three spot. They're standing um, in fourth place after last weekend's games, but they're coming off of a win. And for Man City to get this 2-0 win over Leicester, um, massive for them right there. They're coming off of uh, three, well, consecutively throughout the the season like they're not they're struggling a little bit in terms of like getting those shutouts and ordering to like secure points to climb up the board but in this game bunny shaw ends up scoring the opening goal that the game winner because it was a 2-0 win for man city um and for bunny shaw this puts her at the top of of the leaderboard for the women's super league she's got 10 goals on the year she's leading that golden boot race she's got some players on her heels for sure a couple of players sliding into second place um with nine goals but holy cow, Bunny Shaw, it's so fun to watch this player um, and, and what she's able to do at Man City. It, it's It's been a joy. And this weekend, um, the goals that she was able to get and, and the celebrations that came from the Women's Super League, I mean, I had a great time watching it this weekend. Um, but this is one of the players that stands out to me as as someone that I am so eager to watch week in and week out. Yeah, it, it's, it's incredible to see with Bunny Shaw. Um, and because of that, Man City, then they get that win. They jump up to fourth place and sitting right behind Arsenal in third, who's Arsenal is struggling a little bit to, to get into the top three. They're they're trying to chase Chelsea, trying to chase Manchester United, and the Gunners just can't really do it at this point. They're falling flat. Yeah, it's uh I think it's important to note that it's the halfway mark because I just feel like the table at this point for women's super league is gonna start to kind of level itself out. You know, I, I, I remember when we were, when we previewed Women's Super League and then when we were kind of, we kind of gave like a first quarter update of, of standings, like where teams were after about maybe six to eight games played. I think at this point when you can effectively take a look at the table and say like, all right, like halfway point, halfway point team have double digit matches. All right. Already at this point. Um uh, it's actually uh, Brighton and Hove that's actually got the 10 games only and, and not Everton. But that aside, double digit matches. And then you have to imagine that at least from one through obviously the top four, but at least maybe one through four, one through six, maybe. And maybe that's being generous, that that is where things are going to maybe start kind of kind of leveling their things out. And I'm with you in terms of, um, you know, Manchester City and, and kind of dropping points essentially like if you don't lock up those games look where it's going to keep you and it's going to keep you in that in that fourth fourth position 
think if you can maybe even look at their strat, their like their last stretch of of games, three three wins, you know, two draws. If if they even pick up a win out of one of those draws, like what you know, how does this table look, or where where are they sitting, right? So. But um, yeah, had to give some love to Bunny Shaw for a little bit because as we're cranking up uh, to the World Cup and, and chatting about all things Australia and, and New Zealand and all these qualifying nations that are going to build up to the World Cup, like we're keeping an eye on Bunny Shaw because we're here for Concacaf, right? We're here to chat all about that as well, and and uh, we love to to see reggae girls uh, getting this discussed uh, with their clubs across across the globe. So the fact that she's leading, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Women's Super League with, with 10 goals right now is uh massive. Not just not just remarkable, but it's delightful. Um, you love to see it, you love to chat about it, you love to talk about it. Um, but I don't know. I just think like with the games remaining, with the games in front of some of these teams, like I said, like I think that things are just gonna start to 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 level out a little bit. I don't I don't anticipate, you know, within the top four with Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, even with their, you know, even with some yeah. of their struggles, Man City, that we're going to see a huge leap uh in terms of or a huge shift in terms of that top four. Cause if you're even looking at the at the points total between first and and fifth place even at this time, you've got Everton with 19 points in, in fifth mm-hmm. and then Chelsea with 31. So even with Man United in second right now with 29 points, it's a 10 point swing between two and five in terms of, in terms of the standing. So it's going to be exciting to to keep an eye on, I think in terms of how that top four kind of, kind of settle out. And we knew that, right? Like historically the super league, it's, it's a tale of, of two halves, right. Of the table essentially. But when I think it's super interesting when you kind of zoom in on the, the top four, Chelsea, um, Manchester United, Arsenal and Man City, that's pretty close because Arsenal dropped points on their last two matches, um, that they played in the super league, right. They had the FA cup in between there where of course they're dominating. And then, uh, before that, or before the FA cup, that was one of their matches that got postponed. I know we talked about that. What feels like ages ago. Um, but then they tied one, one with Chelsea and now Arsenal coming off this nil, nil draw with West Ham. Those are crucial points that they just dropped in order to kind of catch up with Chelsea at this point, because if they get one of those wins, they're at 29 points and they're tied for second with Manchester United at this point. So I'm Arsenal is a team that, I mean, yes, they're dealing with a lot of injury troubles right now. They're missing a lot of their top scorers and, and, um, it's affecting Arsenal with what they've been able to do, frankly. And that's what I'm looking at, right? Like those are the marginal points where Arsenal dropping to this weekend to West Ham, like, Hey, great for West Ham. They get a shutout. It's a nil nil for them. And they end up splitting points and and climbing up the table. But like, I I just zoom in on the top four, the top five, and that's where the elbows are thrown. And that's where it, it becomes really, really a tight race at the top of the standings. Yeah, I think if you're looking at like individual performances, like you could find some some parodies there, like in terms of clubs represented, right? Like we're talking a lot about Bunny Shaw and the fact that she's got 10 goals right now with, with Man City, but right behind her is Rachel Daly, uh, yeah. you know, Villa with nine. So it's like, even though Villa's kind of sitting in that six seed right now, like there's some individual performances that you could look at throughout some of these clubs that are kind of standing out and breaking out. We haven't talked about Rachel Daly um, really that much since she made the move from Houston Dash to Aston Villa. And and you're cracking up about it because it's true. We really haven't. She is 
right at the top of that golden boot rate race, as you just said, with nine goals, even uh, Villa, they're, they're sixth in the standings right now. They're coming off of three straight games undefeated for them in the women's super league. And I'm, Frankly, like I'm pretty happy with what we're seeing from Rachel Daly, right? Like I am in terms of what was able to happen. I, I think uh, when my mindset and like kind of thinking about when when Rachel Daly announced she was going to leave Houston, she was going to leave the NWSL after six years playing with Houston, it was kind of like, okay, how is she going to find her groove at another team where she's maybe not the top head dog anymore, or she's not the entire face of the franchise. And that's exactly what she was at Houston. And I've been really pleased and really impressed with what we've seen from Rachel Daly, the the leadership that she has taken on um, at Villa and, and kind of how she's been able to lead the charge there for that team and leading the goals and, and nine overall in the season. I, I don't know. I'm, I, we hadn't talked about her. I wanted to ask about her. What do you think about Rachel Daly? How do you think she's doing? I think that it was a good move by, mm-hmm. by, look, we talked about, yes, when you're looking at the actual table and you're like, oh, like, you know, Villa's there at, <laughs> at, at six, but then sort of comparing that to the actual points, right? Like, what's the difference? What's the gap, but perhaps between like one and six, you know, they're sitting there mm-hmm. six, but it's with 17 points compared to Chelsea's at, at one with 31, right? So, um, and mostly level in games, right? In this point, have had 12 matches played uh, in their season at, at this point. But I think when you're making a move like that, and some some of the other some of the other additions that they've had to the team, I think part of what this particular campaign was going to look like for them was trying to see those strong individual breakout performances, and then hopefully build on that for for next season as well. So I think if they can continue to keep pace, kind of like that sort of tight kind of mm-hmm. middle of the pack kind of area in the standing. I don't think that's necessarily going to be viewed as a disappointment for, for that franchise, because this is a franchise that is, you know, that wants to try to build and to, you know, have a competitive run, um, you know, for it to have their place perhaps within, uh, within the top four. Don't think that's going to happen this season, but who knows what can, what they can build on for, um, for, for the next one. But um it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough to, to sort of knock Chelsea off, off their, off their throne, so to speak. You know, they've, they've got Sam Kerr, who's ridiculous is always. Flying. In front of Flying right it's now. just like, it's just the, 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 the top four right now, it's, it's very narrow. It's very competitive. And I think, you know, just sort of coming out of even this transfer window, like all of the, all of the constant chatter around like who could, who's leaving where, like who, are we going to see, you know, Lizzie Russo like swap teams here? Like what's, what's, what's going to happen there? I think the fact that we heard so much chatter on that, like there are teams, there are teams that know at this point, at this point in their season, they are either going to roll with the squad that they have, or they are going to try to make a move to, to make that, to make that push, to make that leap. So um, at this, again, at this point, it just sort of seems like this is, this is how the dice is going to continue to roll. Um, But we're going to keep an eye on it for sure. Uh, Exciting when you start getting, I think into those, any, we get this way with NWSL too. Like what, when you get into like that, that halfway point, you're like, all right, let's take a look. Mm -hmm. What's realistic here? What's a little bit unrealistic? Let's start making some, let's start making some predictions, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I, I think this is going to be the comfortable four moving forward, which we had talked about in earlier, uh, earlier yeah. episodes as well. I, I, 
I just see Chelsea kind of continuing their run. And and while it might come down, who knows? We even talked about that in our preview of, of Women's Super League. We're like, is this going to be another season where winning the league comes down to the last match day weekend? And who knows? It's gearing up for that maybe. I, that is what I would love to see. That was like one of the most exciting parts of last year. But I don't know. I mean, at this point, it's it's hard to tell because, right, as you said, we're halfway at the halfway point of the season. I mean, Chelsea's at the top. Um, who's going to knock them off first, right? If anyone does. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's let's pivot. Let's uh, let's chat a little bit about NWSL. Uh, preseason is in full swing, uh, so there are still some uh, some signing updates that are happening. We, we saw a lot in the off season for for NWSL. We saw you know the first ever free agency period. We saw you know your typical trades, your your typical you know signings, acquiring players, you know international players. Uh, NWSL draft is is a part of that as well. So what we're sort of seeing now in this in this uh, preseason swing is a lot of the players who were either acquired or or drafted. We're starting to get updates in terms of their official signings and, and their contract statuses uh, with their with their new clubs now. Probably one of the the bigger ones kind of coming out uh, of the signings. I think uh, we're going to take a look at uh, Paige Monahan with Racing Louisville. They announced a multi-year deal with Monahan recently. Um, and this was a player that they acquired, acquired um, on draft day via a trade with, with Gotham FC. But I think what's, what's really interesting about this for me, Lisa, is, is Paige Monahan coming out of Gotham typically was utilized uh, in the attacking front line. Uh, on the East Coast side, but uh, it appears that she's listed on preseason rosters as a defender. And apparently head coach Kim Bjorkgren says this is a defender. We're going to utilize her as a wingback. So any thoughts on this particular sign? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for sure. I've Of course, I've got the thoughts. Even like, as you mentioned, it's the start of the preseason for all these NWSL teams. And we're seeing the clubs drop their preseason rosters. And um, sporadically, they're dropping them. And that's where you really get to see which players are listed in what positions and for what reasons and, and things like that. And a lot of times we do see sometimes a shift between a forward and a defender and a front line and a back line. And, and what we're going to see there. But I've been very interested in looking at teams' rosters and who is listed, um, who's not listed that I thought was going to be listed, who is listed as non-roster invites, meaning that they are free agents or unsigned players in the league that are looking to show up and, and make a roster, make a preseason roster and get signed to a contract. And there's a lot of them this year, a lot of non-roster invites on these rosters. But Paige Monahan signing with Racing Louisville as a defender. Um, I, I mean, I see it. It's it's frequent that we see forwards then becoming defenders and, and having that switch happen. Hey, we saw it with Tyler Lucy in Angel City last year and now Tyler Lucy at North Carolina, probably going to play in the back line. But when I look at what Racing Louisville has defenders-wise, like they just got Carson Pickett and Abby Erseg and I'm just a little confused where Paige Monahan is going to fit into that lineup and and where Kim Bjorkgren sees Monahan playing. That's the thing that confuses me the most because I, I could see Monahan being a defender. I could see that even like she played wing back at moments for Gotham FC. And it was one of those players that could be a one V one defender, but can also whip crosses in. So um, it's, it's 
so interesting to see how these rosters are flushing out and what's going to happen. But um, getting getting a signing for a player like that is great. I mean, that's what you want to see, right? It, get these players brought into camp, traded in, and immediately get them signed to a contract. That's what you want as a player for sure as well. And and then we're starting to see it from some of the draft picks, right? That happened that got drafted this year. Yeah, um, that was uh, that was one of the craziest yeah. ones that I saw coming from Michelle Cooper in Kansas City, number two overall. We knew this was a team in Kansas City that wanted to do everything to get this player. And Michelle Cooper, the sophomore out of Duke, they made a trade with Gotham to get that number two pick. And then they ended up signing Michelle Cooper early days of of reporting to Kansas City. And right. I like this <laughs> a lot. Right? Like, I'm not surprised. Need, uh, she didn't need long in preseason no. to to leave an impression and into <laughs> earn a contract uh, with, with Kansas city current. But um, I kind of want to stick with racing Louisville a little bit when we're talking yeah. about the, the draft picks. I mean, they drafted uh, Riley Parker out of, uh, mm-hmm. out of Alabama, right? The, the runners up in the NCAA championship and racing Louisville. Well, yes, they're making uh, moves and, and signing the players that they acquired through, through trades with somebody like uh, Monaghan and, Apparently already the, the coaching staff is trying to rethink of ways to, to utilize the players in different positions. They're still making moves in terms of acquiring international pieces. <clears throat> and it's very intriguing to me because I feel like since Bjorkgren's arrival, that has sort of been one of these staples that we've seen out of Louisville. They're, they're going to not do anything else. They're going to sign international players, apparently, if you're racing Louisville. So we saw this, I think, already um, kind of midseason last year. While Nadia Nadim has been with the team for a little while now, they also, uh, they also made a trade for – or not a trade, but they, they acquired uh, Wang Shuang, a Chinese international, to, to join up with the team. Uh, and this year, in the offseason, they made a transfer with Tigres Feminil. So Nigerian yeah. international Uchenna Kanu from Tigres Feminil will now play in NWSL with Racing Louisville. But as part of that move, that also meant that they were going to send their draft pick, Riley Parker, on a loan to Tigres through June. So going to be it was it wasn't exactly like I I wouldn't consider this maybe exactly like a player for player like swap at this point but I thought I thought it was a very interesting move not just not just that it was Louisville but this concept that Liga MX Liga MX Feminil is a place where a lot of these maybe first or second year players can go to and get professional uh, experiences and playing time minutes are a huge thing. It is very difficult. We know how difficult it is for draft picks to be selected by NWSL clubs and steal somebody's starting spot essentially and get those minutes. They don't even have to be a a first round draft pick, but you look at someone like a Sarah Luber, right? This was a player that was, um, came into the NWSL a few years ago with Chicago and ends up um, heading down to Mexico to play. And 
got significant time there, grew as a player, and dominated it down there. She comes back to the NWSL, only plays for a couple of games, and it's like, I'm going back to Mexico. I had a better time there. I'm I'm playing more. I'm competing more, and she's able to get up her touches. It was – I agree completely that you have to look at the trade factor between Liga MX Femenil and NWSL, and I think that for someone like a Riley Parker – who is a forward and has been with Louisville and really has not seen enough time. This is massive for a player like Parker to get significant minutes, to be playing in a, a really top league with a top team through June at massive. She's going to get a lot of experience down there. Maybe that's why Paige Monahan was signed as a forward, you know, just I'm, or signed I'm, as a defender, you know, because they're <laughs> just bringing in all these other players. I love that. I'm, I'm excited. This is a this is a move that really piques my interest. I, I would love to see more moves like this uh, between NWSL and Liga Mekis Feminil. Um, I just think it's very unique in, in the sense that it's it's a it's a trade that involves an international player who happened to play in Liga MX Feminil. This isn't necessarily like a homegrown player uh, from Tigres, uh, you know, uh, who's a Mexican player who perhaps has ties to like the Mexican national team. That's not the case here. This is a Nigerian international who was also intrigued by the league, played in the league, found success with Tigre Tigres Feminil and is now a part of the NWSL through, through a a transfer between these two leagues. So um, I'm hopeful that this is maybe something a little bit groundbreaking in, in a sense that maybe we could continue to see some, some more of this uh, moving forward, but it's something that we'll have to keep an eye on, and I hope she finds success here in the NWSL. Uh, that's not the end of the moves there. There are still players that appear to uh, be making some some trades or acquisitions in an effort to sort of boost up their rosters as the regular season gets closer. Courtney Peterson uh, involved in a trade. Orlando Pride trading uh, Peterson to Houston Dash. For up to $90,000 in allocation money, I believe that's pending certain conditions, and a 2024 third-round draft pick. Uh, early, Early winner in this trade for you, Lisa? Not yet. I mean, Courtney Peterson, a, a defender for Orlando, um, saw minutes last year, actually pretty consistent minutes under uh, with Orlando, but they also didn't have that much of a roster. Orlando was such a young team. I think this is a depth player for Sam Lady at Houston Dash at this point um, with the roster that Sam Lady's really built up with at Houston and what can happen. And this is a depth player that come World Cup time when you're maybe missing a lot of players and then you need some fresh legs, Courtney Peterson's going to add to that depth and, and maybe comp- like create a bit of competition across that back line for Houston to see uh, kind of where she slots in. And I mean, who doesn't love competition, especially for an outside back role, right? That's where you want to have a lot of high competition because you want to be putting those players under a lot of pressure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good get for Houston, right? You need depth, you need players to your roster, keep adding them in there for sure. Yeah, I think it's, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's a pretty good depth signing for them. It's going to be interesting to see where Houston might utilize her just because I think that they have mostly, um, Sure, to parts of their their back line already, but uh, but we'll see more news with with Orlando. Uh, Tony Presley uh, announcing her retirement, um, putting out kind of a, a nice farewell there. She's uh, a, a 
local to Florida. So in her goodbye, sort of saying from beginning to end and and put a lot of nice photos um, of her time with the pride there. Uh, I don't I haven't seen anything too official on this quite yet from the player specifically, but Jody Taylor. Um, we're going to bring her up because we saw San Diego Wave FC kind of issue a thank you, which could be perceived as a farewell um, on their social handles as well. So I think we'll just sort of try to pay attention to the next move for, yeah. for Jody Taylor as well. Question mark and what that can mean. Um, but uh, Kansas City current, um, it's just we just keep talking about this team, Lisa, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Here's the why. If it's not signing Michelle Cooper, their number two draft pick overall to a contract, they are still making moves. And perhaps it's in light of uh, maybe some, you know, some of the the overall moves that they've already made. They just want to continue to keep adding pieces as many as they can in different areas on the pitch. But uh, it was Early, uh, was reported earlier and now officially confirmed by the club that they have signed and acquired Hannah Glass from Bayern Munich. So the Swedish fullback will join the team through 2024 with an option for 2025. Massive, massive signing for Casey. Um, this Kansas City is just. <laughs> dominating with their roster size, who they're able to get. We talked about them signing Michelle Cooper, number two draft pick, and now they pick up um, a a defender in Gloss that comes from Bayern Munich and and playing at the top level, a Swedish international. This is a player that um, I believe she's 29 or 30 years old, so she's had a, a long career and a very successful career, and I think adding that level of a veteran ability and, and the European style of soccer, right? Not only playing for Sweden, but in the Bundesliga uh, with Bayern Munich will add a lot to Kansas city and to their depth. Um, this is a player that's uh, currently coming back from an injury. So not available right away for Kansas city, uh, won't be available to, um, play yet to train yet with the club. So it's definitely a long-term signing for a player like gloss. And as you mentioned, signing through 2024, an option for 2025, this is, this is ambitious for Kansas City. The, the bulk of Kansas City's roster hasn't been small signings or, or small player signings that they're hoping to put together to build a solid foundation and, and grow this well. No, they are signing heavy hitters throughout this offseason from free agents to trades to draft picks that they're getting um, to then this signing from from glass out of Bayern Munich. I mean, I like this. I'm really excited to see how it unfolds and and what happens. Um, I also loved the announcement just because it happened this morning. Kansas city did a play on like swiping through. um, Oh my God. What is the app? What are those apps called where you're like dating? Yeah. No, no, because it's like a match thing. Right. (laughs) Yes. Like a swipe. Wow. Oh my God. I'm like a grandma, but that that's what Kansas city did a little play on and it was adorable. It was like all these different clubs that wanted glass coming up and and she's swiping left on them saying, no, we're not going to trade there. I'm not going to trade there. And then Kansas city comes up. She swipes, right? She gives them a heart. It's a match to Kansas city. And then she turns around and she's in the full kit. I thought it was super cute. I love that. I love creative stuff like that. Uh, yeah, sorry I know what I love, Lisa. That. I love that you found your person because you're speaking like a true engaged <laughs> woman planning a wedding. You're like, God, what are those? 
Oh, I love it so much. Yes, swipe right. Um, That's it. <laughs> I love, I love, I love you. I love this move by by Kansas City. Look, even with, even with the um, maybe the added component of the fact that this player might not be available mm-hmm. right away. Look, if you've watched, you know, gloss with whether it's with Sweden or with Bayern. This is 100% a player, in my opinion, that as soon as she is uh, up to fitness and ready to go, that yeah. is that is a starting 11 caliber player for totally. Kansas City. So I think unlike some other teams out there right now, Kansas City Karen is not the only team that is, you know, uh, looking at their roster and has to account perhaps for players who might not be ready available through their season due to injury. And I think that Gloss is going to be one of these players. Desiree Scott making the announcement recently um, that she will miss the start of the 2023 campaign due to a surgery that she had. Um, And so this is another one of those players uh, that we're talking about are probably going to get integrated uh, later into the season. But because of all of the moves that the current have made to this date um, in the off season, you have to anticipate that they're not going to really struggle in terms of, especially in the midfield position, you know, with, when you think of somebody like Desiree Scott and her absence and you're like, Oh no, what are we going to do without Desiree Scott? They made all of these signings yeah. to try to play around with it within Fine. their midfield. So um, it, it's interesting that in some of, in some of these moves, or maybe it's not too surprising for some folks that in some of these signings that we're talking about that Kansas city current, is dominating a big chunk of that conversation because I feel like we've been chatting about them throughout the entire offseason. And that's why we're going to chat a little bit and give out some grades. We're going to chat a little bit about the clubs and their off-seasons as a whole. So stick with us. We're going to break things down right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's grade some off-season moves for for NWSL teams, 12 teams currently in preseason for some players. They've already been in their markets for weeks yeah, now. Yeah. Some players are finally reporting. Look, all we know is that it's still the early weeks and it's still it's still in, in full swing here. And um, the fact that there are teams that are still making moves in the lead up uh, to the regular season during their preseason, I think, says says a lot about uh about some teams. Uh, look, I uh, I will fully put myself, 
you know, on blast, wrote up uh, some offseason grades for all of the teams. You can find those right now on CBSSports.com. Um, spoiler alert, Kansas City Current is the only team uh, that was given an A-plus from me. There's a lot of average marks. Um, because when I'm looking at the clubs this offseason, Lisa, you know, that's exactly what it was. They're offseason grades. So, I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at – things as a whole. I'm looking at like, yes, what did teams look like or what were they achieving during the first ever free agency period in the league, right? It was an exciting time. What happened? Who who are the winners in that, right? And we chatted a little bit about that uh, before, but that also includes uh, uh, NWSL draft. How did, how did teams utilize yeah. that? Uh, how did teams navigate uh, hiring of new head coaches uh, or fleshing or fleshing out their, te- their technical staffs. Right. Um, so I know that, you know, I, I have a lot of double duty. Sometimes I wear many hats as you all know. Um, so if I'm not hanging out with Lisa and chatting all things uh, soccer, I'm writing about it for, for, for for.com as well. So um, take a look at those when you, when you get a chance, but you know, in terms of like average grades, I think I could go alphabetical. Um, you know, started with with uh, Angel City and Chicago Red Stars. They kind of got average marks for me. I wasn't too blown away, but I also wasn't, you know, too impressed by, by you know, maybe what the lack of what they did or didn't do. They got C pluses from me. Houston Dash with a B plus. Uh, Kansas City Current with an A plus. Uh, Carolina Courage with a C. Uh, Gotham FC got an A for me for their overall offseason moves. Now, do I think that's going to translate to the season? I'm not too sure. We'll find out. This is just great. This is just great for the offseason moves. I'm not saying that's I mean, going to work out, but I liked their moves and I gave them an A. I gave Old Rain a B minus, Orlando Pride a B. I gave Portland Thorns a B. I gave Racing Louisville a C plus, and I gave San Diego Wave a B. And fortunately, Washington Spirit, as much as I was impressed by the things that they added to their technical staff, because I really did like how they boosted up their technical staff. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't really, I just didn't really, I just wasn't really feeling the moves because there were a lack of moves. I think they tried right. to make flesh out the roster a bit through, um, through the draft, but it just, when you're looking at this team, they just won the NWSL championship trophy in 2021. And that's just two seasons ago. So mm-hmm. I don't look at Washington Spirit and say, oh, that's a team that's in a rebuild year. But here they are, and they've had some player turnover. They have some staff turnover. So 2023 does feel a little bit like perhaps a maybe retooling year for them. So yeah. you know, they got some coaching Parsons, and I just I just am looking at the roster and, and, and what's in front of them. And I just thought maybe there could have been some more, uh, there more moves that could have been done. And who knows? Maybe – because Kansas City is still signing players. Who knows? Maybe Michelle King and company are still working some things out, and right. we will get some news on them. But for now, at this stage in February, early February, I, I rolled with a with a with a D here for for Washington. So you gave Washington a D. You just gave us a little bit insight as to kind of why I agree. I don't think Washington um, did anything too jaw dropping, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, they they. I'm going to say lost a player like Kelly O'Hara that had 
won championship with that club and had been there for a very long time. I think the signing of, of Mark Parsons was very big for that club. They, they kept on someone um, like Angela Salem too in, in their technical staff. And I think the partnership between Mark Parsons and Salem their and their history at Portland Thorns will really help this Washington team. They, they bolstered up their front office staff. They did a great job there, but they did not sign enough players. They did not get enough defenders with their team. And, now, I want to ask you, when you were kind of going through these and then you gave Washington a D and North Carolina a C, I want to ask about them a little bit as well. These yeah. are our clubs that were you looking at kind of the end of 2022 as to kind of set the bar for the trade? Or did all these teams have like clean slates coming into it? Uh, because Washington yeah. struggled last year. They struggled a mm -hmm. lot last year. And Washington, one of the two teams between North Carolina that did have to get a new head coach five teams that were looking at new coaches in this off season and signing them. So how did you kind of start the baseline for these grades? You know, was there a bell curve or anything? <laughs> I love that. I love that, Lisa. I love the ask that question because look, you want to know when off season starts off season starts the minute your season ends, that's when off season starts. So for some of these teams, their off seasons got started a little bit earlier than six of the other teams that were mm -hmm. involved in the, in the grading process. And, you know, credit to look credit to maybe for an example, say a, a team, perhaps like, like Houston dash. Uh, they knew that they were going to have a couple free agents listed on that free agency uh, market. And they were one of the teams to ensure that they got those players re-signed really, really early. Yeah. They, they made a really early announcement, sort of just post their elimination from the quarterfinals, that they had re-signed Sophie Schmidt, that they had re-signed Alicia Chapman, uh, two Canadian internationals, veteran pieces uh, to their roster. They've been part of the Houston Dash franchise for quite some time now, and they will remain so moving forward. So uh, something like a move like that, perhaps uh, combined with, a heavy draft day swing for them um, trading out to, to get somebody like Diana Ordonez as part of the roster. But I'm also looking at something like the hiring of, of Sam Lady, in, including him in part of this as well. This, cause this is a club unlike some of the other teams that entered their off season and they needed a new head coach. Um, so I'm including something like that as well. So there's a, I think you have to look when you're looking at off season grades, you have to look at everything. So mm -hmm. especially for, for us, because it's like, we have taken the off season in segments ourselves, right. And in, in terms of how we've covered things on a three, like when, when, when there were move, when there were, when free agency was announced, we were taking a look at the players and the list who were going to be signed and which teams they were signing with, or if they were re remaining with their, with their club. When the draft came along, we covered the draft and did a lot of draft day content. We even gave some actual draft day grades. When new coaches were announced or new staff was hired, we were kind of, so we took all these things in part. So let's summarize it all. Let's, let's take a look at yeah. it and, and give out some grades. And listen, I know, I know people hate reading now and that makes me sad, personally. <laughs> but I promise you, I promise you that if you go to .com, you will read a lovely little blurb on each team in terms of why I created them the way that, that I graded them. Um, Don't make Sandra but, sad. Go read articles, people, especially hers. They're lovely. They're beautifully written. Come on. Yeah. I won't take that long. 
let's let's have a look. You're you're agreeing with me on 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 uh, some of the low marks here, right? We're talking a little bit about yeah. Washington Spirit. Let's let's maybe talk about maybe some of the high marks. There's only one team that got an A plus and another team that got an A. I gave an A plus to Kansas City Current. I gave an A to Gotham FC. Uh, yes, no, higher, lower, plus or minus. What's what's your opinion on those? I think with Kansas City, I'm, I, they definitely deserve a, a, a high grade, right? They're passing. They're not failing by any means. Um, <laughs> I, I like that you gave them an A+. I do. I'm not sure I would have given them an A+, maybe just an A, because I, I, I like all the moves that Kansas City did, right? They decided they were going to be heavy hitters in this offseason. Um, it started early with going after the Brazilian international like Davinia, targeting those big-time players that they had. It was um, Sam Uis going out with an injury and, and being out for the foreseeable future with this long-term injury is something that Kansas City knew heading into this offseason. And uh, although it wasn't public yet, Matt Potter knew that, Kansas City knew that. So they needed to make changes as to who they were going to get and kind of bolster up that midfield. Um, and that's exactly what they did, right? With Morgan Gattral, Vanessa DiBernardo as free agency signings. Then they get Dabinia in the midfield as well. They also uh, are keeping a lot of players that they had last year. They ended up trading away Lynn Williams, though. That was a, a draft day trade, so they could get a young player in Michelle Cooper, who's already signed to a contract, the sophomore out of Duke, number two overall in the draft this year. They also traded away Elise Bennett, who was a, a rookie for Kansas City last year, a forward that would change the game, not only start, not starting every game, but in those moments, I think she was a little bit more crucial when she came in off the bench and, and she could notch goals. So uh, when I look at what Kansas City has done, and now they've gotten Hannah Glass, which I, I know that you wrote this up and gave them the score before that. I don't really think that would have changed your your score that much Does now knowing that you give them exactly. the plus. <laughs> it may change mine to give them the plus it may change mine to give them a plus but the, the thing with Kansas City is this is a team that was great last year they they were they went all the way to the NWSL final they mm-hmm. lost in the championship to Portland Thorns this is a team that had a lot going for them they had so many positive aspects and attributes throughout last year and they've added so many different pieces and although they are great pieces between Gatra, Di Bernardo, the Binya that they're adding in there uh they also are changing up a lot of things that they're doing with their structure. And uh, although we're looking at just the offseason, I have to wonder, how is this Kansas City team going to look in 2023? Are they going to be a vastly different team? How are we going to see them uh, set up in formation or attack other teams? Because you can't play the same way you did last year when you've got three powerhouse midfielders coming into it. You also have a rookie that last year and Alex Luera that could play all over the field and filled the holes that you needed to fill. And that's frankly when Luera shined, is she going to be able to do that again this year when there are so many other big players around her? We're not even, we haven't even really touched on that in terms of, Kansas City's good, right? We're talking about some of the big move, movements yeah. that they made in free agency and the big, and the big like top tier talents that they were targeting there, uh, adding international player and somebody like Loss. Yeah. But we're not even talking about something that the the sort of stability moves, right? Like the fact that they had resignings for players that were integral parts of their 
championship finals run, like mm-hmm. re-signing Kaylee Mace, extending her contract. Yes. Floetta and her breakout rookie season, making sure that they're giving uh, her a, a home still in, in Kansas City. Uh, Kate Del Fava, a player that they've also, you know, re-signed and extended. We're not even like talking about that. Like just like your, your simple like moves that you make to, to try to retain as much of this roster that went on that run. Which to me are, if not as important, more important than signing the big players because you've already got a really good foundation of a team and people that are bought into Matt Potter's system and style of play and that were at Kansas City maybe when they were playing on a baseball field and they're already bought in. Now they've got all these shiny new features that they can flash in front of players like Dabinia and Hannah Glass, which is great. That's how you get big players, but you also have to keep the ones that are already bought in and that you've already, um, that like have already fallen in love with the team and the city and things like that. So I, I I think that Kansas city did a nice job of balancing those two things. Um, Maybe with the glass signing the, the Swedish defender, it would give them a plus for me on this front, but I I don't know. I think an A plus is pretty high. That's the highest you could ever get. So they're, they're actually setting the bar for themselves. If I have to do this again next year and they don't get an A plus like, Hey, let's go. What's, what's going on here? Is, is God, is, are you, are you swayed by Gotham in any way? Like, are you satisfied with an A? Are they like, a, or would you add a plus or a minus there? I think there's some similarities in yeah. terms of looking at the off seasons of these two teams, right? When we're looking at how they tackled their free agency market, when we look at how they tackled their re-signings, when we look at how they navigated the draft, they, both of these teams exited the draft with a top Five pick Michelle mm-hmm. Cooper for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We're talking Jenna Nyschwanger for Gotham FC. They also, um, you know, participated in trades before uh, the yeah. draft. They've got uh, veteran pieces, whether that's, uh, geez, whether that's someone like Lynn Williams, who's not no rinky dink like yeah. veteran piece. And then they got Yasmin Kelly O'Hara. Kelly O'Hara. They broke right. They broke open a free agency yeah. with with Kelly O'Hara. But I also like that they targeted positional areas. I mean, locking up somebody like Abby Smith for your goalkeeper position, Massive. I thought was huge. I think that is an. I think that is a free agency offseason move that that a lot of us didn't speak about enough when it comes to media coverage mm-hmm. uh, during this time. Abby Smith may very well be one of the bigger and more impactful free agency signings to come out of the first ever free agency period. So I, I really liked their moves. I thought they they targeted uh, areas yeah. on the pitch they needed to target. I liked how, how their re-signings. I liked their free agency pickups. I liked that they still picked up a young piece in Jenna Neischwanger and all of the moves that they made for, you know, to sort of bulk up their technical side, um, their technical snap, staff yeah. as well was big for me. Um, and I gave them uh, an A as well. Yeah, I think getting Juan Carlos Amoros as their new head coach, which is uh, who filled in at Houston at the end of last year and took the dash to their first ever playoff appearance was massive. This is a great grab it. And when you look at what Gotham has been through in their head coaching position over the last 
two years, it's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been a lot of different pieces that they're trying to plug into it. So uh, when you're a coach that's coming in like Juan Carlos Samaros to to look at the history of this team um, under Scott Parkinson, under Hugh Menzies for a little bit last year where you saw so much trade and then you have your starting goalkeeper and Ashlyn Harris retire, you have to make some really big moves. And, and that includes getting someone like a Kelly O'Hara. I think, um, as you said, Abby Smith, the goalkeeper, defender, Kristen Edmonds, these were really big signings for Gotham. And I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a little biased. I have a hard time separating off and building a brick wall in my brain of, of, where the offseason starts because I can't help but look at how a team did last year, right? That's what yeah. you're building off of. That's where you have to go. And that's why I struggled with giving Kansas City such an A plus because they already started pretty high. And that's why I, I think I'm going to give Kansas City just an A because they were runners up last year. Gotham, they were bad last year. They did not perform well. They didn't have a lot of consistency. What they broke a record for like the most amount of losses in a row or something, some horrible stat like that. So Gotham is is building from the ground up at this point. And I give them a higher grade because of that, because of how much work actually needed to be done to lock up the players that were already there, continue to make them happy, continue to make someone like a Christy Mewis that left a Houston Dash team and then came to a Gotham side and struggled and struggled. And this is a player in Christy Mewis that's looking to make a World Cup roster with the United States. You have to keep someone like that happy while also making sure you can grow the team around a player like Christy Mewis in the midfield. And that includes the trades that they got at the end of last year with Victoria Pickett coming in Kansas City. And then they end up getting Yasmeen Ryan in, the, in this very – right before the draft stage and Lynn Williams, I think that Gotham did a, had a really good off season. They did compared to where they started um, at the end of 2022 and where they can go from there. I, I would maybe even give them an A plus, but again, I'm, I have this hard time separating the end of 2022 with the off season, because that's how you're, you do what you do in the off season based on your performances in 2022. So I would give Gotham a higher grade. You're going to be like the teacher from A Christmas Story, writing on a chalkboard, yeah. like A plus, 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 plus. Plus, 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 yes. I love, I love that. <laughs> um, no, I think, I look, I think that's it all, that's just more added case that you could give to, to the grade. I, I'm comfortable with the A. Um, I like that you're saying that there's a window to, to write in the, the plus mm-hmm. for them. And I'm in agreement with you. You absolutely have to take a look <laughs> where they were uh, in terms of yeah. uh, their, their previous season. But look, look, let's, let's, let's close it out. I, I, I have some average grades here and I'm going to ask you to maybe make a case to either bump them higher or bump them lower. Angel city, Chicago wrestlers got C pluses, uh, North Carolina Courage got a C. I think Racing Louisville. I also gave them um, a C plus. Any of these sort of sort of kind of mediocre, like average kind of grades, or for these particular clubs that you think maybe you want to make a case to bump higher, or even make a case to, to bump lower. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think pretty accurate for some of these clubs, like Angel City getting a C plus. Like, yeah, they didn't do too much. Same as Chicago Red Stars. The only team that I'm I'm looking at that maybe made a couple changes um, that I'm I'm okay with and I'm intrigued to see with Racing Louisville is. Is yes, they traded away Emily Fox, but they got Carson Pickett and Abby Erseg. This is a, a 
team that then also just made the loan transfer with Riley Parker and, and Tigres Femenil. I think that Racing Louisville is a team that I maybe would have given a B to in this situation just because of the changes that they're making are not massive. They're small part changes, but hey, a two-for-one trade with Emily Fox in North Carolina getting two defenders that are international experiences um, that also both won't be going to a World Cup this summer between Abby Erseg and Carson Pickett. Um, I think that's a really, really good get for Racing Louisville. And I would I would make a, an, a little push for them to get a higher grade at, at a B probably. Okay. You'll, you'll sway me a little bit, but I don't know if I'll go B. Maybe I would change the C plus to like a, a B minus. We'll see. We'll see oh, what happens. right. B minus. I forget B-. about the minuses. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have those margins, in high school. I didn't Lisa. have minuses. The margins. They're so important. Margins. We talk about them all of the time on this show. Look, that's a wrap. Everybody go read. Go read the grades and learn all about the offseason denial rankings. Uh, this is a wrap for Attacking Third. We appreciate you all joining us as always. Thanks so much for listening. Download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You watch us too. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third to get alerts for whenever we go live. Subscribe. Leave us comments. We want to hear from you. For Sandra and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!